Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for stopping by to get some perspective. The show where you get real perspectives from real people with no filters. In this episode, I have a very special guest for you guys, and it is my wife, Samantha Shrake. And we are going to cover gender roles and how they've affected our lives and development as we grew up and the influences that they have on our day-to-day life and the development of men and women in our country and probably the world. So please give it a listen and let me know what you think in the comments section below or write me an email at gspshow22 at gmail.com and let me know if you guys agree with what we're saying or not. And if not, tell me about it. On to the show. How do I normally start these things out? Hi, I'm Tony Shrake. That's not how it goes. I go, hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Tony Shrake, and I'm here with my wife, Samantha Shrake. And today, we are going to talk about gender roles and what that means and all the good things that go about with it. So, honey... Describe yourself slightly if you would like to. I'm a woman. I'm Tony's wife. And I struggle with my gender roles sometimes. So I feel like this is a perfect topic for me to be part of. But, uh, yeah. I'm Tony's wife. We have kids. Um, I'm currently a stay-at-home mom. So, on the surface, I look like a cliché woman in a family setting but i'm about to fuck all that up yes because that is that is definitely what we are here to talk about is the cliche stereotypical roles of men and women in household environments and all that good stuff stick around and we will get to it going to discuss gender roles today and what that exactly means and uh by gender roles it's more or less of a stereotypical portrayal of what men and women are supposed to be compared to what they actually are and how that exactly plays out into everyday life and different aspects of said topic so um we have introduced my wife yeah yeah hey and something along the gender roles of Uh, Well, according to the the topic of gender roles in which we are doing today, something that happened with me and Sam personally is that Sam actually proposed to me, which in in the gender role society, that's not supposed to happen. The man is always supposed to go all out elaborate, you know, and uh, propose to the woman and they're supposed to spend like, what is it like a fucking, it's like a year's salary or something? Like you're supposed to spend like a year's salary worth on the ring? Six months? I don't know. It's, It's a lot. It's like, like your whole fucking paycheck for like months at a time just on the jewelry to propose said lifestyle. 
Yeah, and that's not even really including the like. It's like you have the uh, the ring that you do to propose, that's and then just you the have ring. yeah. But then you also have the other ring, the and one that's like band, yeah. You have the fucking wedding. You have the fucking dress. You have the fucking dinner. You have the life afterwards. Yeah, that people don't even seem to care about. Yeah, I care about it. We live together. I love you. Because I didn't. If anybody get- would like to see, this is my new ring. <laughs> My new ring is silicone. I got like 10 of these motherfuckers for like probably like three bucks or something. That's how much we care about materialistic things. Just so we're clear, I spent probably less than $20 on your ring, but I went more by like the style you would like than the actual price. Yes. And the style you would like was really cheap, but it was fucking cool. I'm a cheap. And I lost it in my, I lost it in my pants the day of. All right. Well, you can go ahead and tell that whole story. I didn't have pockets. Yeah, well, you're skipping the story, so go ahead and tell them how it went out, how it went down. Okay, so Tony and I met on Tinder, and it just it just worked. So we met, and we just never really spent any time apart after that. We we took our time meeting. We took like a month and a half to meet in person, but once we met in person, we were just like, you know. So he moved in, and like. He kind of took... So just to elaborate, we met in December and started talking through a little bit into January. And by February, the beginning of February, I was already living with her. Yes. And I had my kids. I had two two boys at the time. And... They were eight. Twins. Yes. And the first few months, Tony took kind of like a backseat role to see, like, he was trying to be respectful of... The fact that he was new to the group and all that stuff. But then we just really became like a family and the boys really took to him and it just worked, man. Like when it when it's there, it's there. And it was there. So that was January. So, you know, Father's Day is coming around and like me and him have kind of joked about proposing to each other. But I was like, I'm gonna fucking do it. So I I took it really seriously because Joining a family with children, it's not just getting married. It's joining an entire family. And the children also have to be okay with it. And I took that very seriously. So for Father's Day, I did my proposal. And I had the kids be a part of it. So I planned a dinner at a restaurant. And I had the kids write out a Father's Day card. And I put, like, little notes in it that led into shifting the attention to me and me proposing and I completely had my nerves just overtake every part of me and I don't think you could understand anything I said once I started <laughs> once I started my part. you were very very nervous but what I, I think what I ended up saying was ever since I met you I don't feel like my world's spinning all around everywhere or something along those lines and I mean that was pretty much the gist of it Tony's like mm-hmm. my rock but Anyways, I proposed. I took that away from him. And the smile on his face was so awesome. But <laughs> we it, also invited, we only invited I invited two my people. best friend and his best friend at the yeah. time. Yeah, and then we had the two kids. Yes, it was very personal, but yeah. And whenever she actually started to do the proposal and got ready to pull the ring out, she lost the ring inside her belt line and had to run away from the table and go to the bathroom with her friend to try and figure out where the fucking ring had went. I was went. wearing leggings and I didn't have a pocket and I lost the ring in my pants. Yeah, so that was pretty funny. It was. 
fucking great. Yeah, but then she came back, finished the job. I got the card, all that stuff. Said yes, and we had a pretty awesome party after that. Pretty nice. Anyway, that's one of the things I get to brag about. Is like you know I proposed. Yeah, he's because he's that great. Yeah, so that is a uh, is a constant thing that runs in our lives, and once again leading to the whole gender role thing. So. Sam and I have a very equal dynamic structure in our home. Like, we're not the kind of people that believe that one person does all the working and the other person does um, all the household chores and stuff like that. Like, we pretty much try to split it as evenly as humanly possible. And there is still, you know, like, there are some things, obviously, that's going to tie into it. Like um, our, our parenting styles and stuff together and how, you know, it's always the man that has to be the the stronger voice, I guess you could say, and like make the kids mind and all that stuff. So I got to like do all the threatening and stuff for a while. But luckily for us, it actually didn't work out so much that way because the boys really respected me as a person and it helped quite a bit. They think he's like the cool guy. And I'm like, like he's like the cool person that you take everything he says seriously because he's the coolest guy ever. And then there's me that takes care of the background things that you can count on to take care of all of like the um, for granted details, but I get talked over a lot when it comes to like cool things. Yeah, mom is super sweet, so they don't really take her a lot seriously. But they can count on me. Yes. Yeah. So in that stereotype, definitely, definitely plays out. But yeah, that's a that's a whole another podcast altogether. So <laughs> we're not going to necessarily dive into all of that. But looking at my notes here. Childhood influences. What were our parents like? And I will let you start with how your parents were and how exactly it influenced you in your so-called gender roles and, you know, all that good stuff. Okay. I can start with my dad. Um, there was my dad and my stepdad. My stepdad came into my life when I was eight months old. So I grew up with the person. Um, so I had my dad and my stepdad. My dad was the epitome of what a man should be. Goes to work, works his ass off, comes home, does fucking nothing. Works his ass <laughs> off. He makes a good damn hamburger, though, I'll tell you that. Like, he works his ass off. And, and like, I don't understand how he physically does what he does. He does tree trimming and all that. And, like, at his age... I mean, I admire the man, but yeah. So no emotion. We have a very weird relationship. We don't talk about our feelings. Like we don't contact each other that much. And I feel like I get that from him. Uh, We don't call each other on a regular basis. Like he's very, very withdrawn emotionally in general. And he will like, he's one of those people that like avoids funerals, avoids like, heartfelt talks and doesn't want to bother people like when I was growing up he would be like you know well he you know don't don't bother them or don't whatever like he's not very open so he's like the epitome of like the male stereotype eats red meat like it's Jesus okay like everybody eats Jesus (laughs) like red meat and beans and cornbread type of man still doesn't have wi-fi in his home that's what kind of person he is and very traditional 
old-fashioned southern person and then there's my mom very naturally giving person very impulsively goes with whatever is in front of her type person so like you know she's very giving but like so she had the nurturing side down but as far as like i would grow up hearing those songs about this is what you guys are hearing for those of you who can't see it is a baby monitor and it's dying the baby plug it in go ahead honey so my mom i always heard up uh well i always grew up hearing those songs about people seeing their mother as like this beautiful person someone they want to be like when they grow up and i my mom was like there were parts of my mother's personality that i thought were fucking awesome but she was not that stereotype at all she was not feminine at all she was not that beautiful person like she always from the time she was like fucking 14 had her hair short like a boy and did all the things the boys did was super wild and crazy played baseball refused to play softball because she thought that girls should be able to play baseball like collected every fucking animal as a pet like and on a regular basis her style was very casual, comfy t-shirts, um, jeans, tennis shoes type shit. She never dressed feminine. She never had her hair long. When I became like about 10 years old, my parents started going out on a regular basis and she would do her makeup for that. But she didn't know anything about it. I could, I didn't know at the time. I know now. She knew one way to do her makeup. And it was very specific, very heavy, very, like, you had a face on makeup. So, my mom was not at all the stereotypical mom. She didn't want me shaving my legs when it became, like, a a thing that the other girls were doing. She wanted me to, like, wait. My dad and my mom were completely opposite as far as stereotypes go. My mom completely confused me on the entire gender thing. Like, (laughs) I, everything I know about being feminine, being a girl, being, like, my hair, my makeup, like, my style. My Aunt Kathy, um, my dad's sister, definitely influenced me there. She would, um, she never had children of her own, so she would spoil her aunts, uh, her nieces and nephews. And, like, so she would buy us clothes and such earrings cute things so i got my some of my feminine style from her but and nickelodeon as far as far as like like my hair and makeup like i just once i became an adult i spent like whole summers on youtube learning how to do those things because i never learned so the girl card i definitely earned really late yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's okay i'm not really into girly girls no way um, <laughs> yeah, because we wouldn't work, would we, honey? But no, so um, in my particular case, my mom was pretty much all I had. Like, growing up, that's basically, like, literally all I really had. She did get married quite a few times. If I'm not mistaken, I'm assuming the the uh, the number is around nine or something there. And, Mom, you can let me know if I'm wrong, because I know you're going to be one of the first people to listen to this. But, um, 
you know, my mom was pretty much the only person around. I had a lot of different stepdads. None of them really stuck around that long besides two of them. And um, I was like, my dad left when I was four and we won't necessarily get into that in this podcast because he's just, he's not a good person overall and it's not really worth mentioning. I still don't really talk to him. I couldn't even tell you the last time that I actually had a conversation with my dad or seen the person. I know the last time that um, he was in the same room with somebody else that I was talking to and trying to relay messages was back in 2012 and it is 2022 now. So we got about 10 years there of almost communication. But before that, couldn't really tell you. doesn't really matter. I was better off without him anyway. But um, my mom has always been kind of a classic man-hating kind of person. So the stereotypical man. Your mom is the shit. I'm yeah, my mom is that. awesome. I, I love my mom to death. Sorry. She... <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, Your my... mom is a rock star and a half. Yeah, my mom is a very strong person. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be half the person I am now. And I do give a lot of credit to my mom for how I am. And um, she she taught me a lot of how to be <clears throat> my own person and to not be able to depend on anybody else. Because a lot of people fall into the trap of, well, if somebody doesn't take care of me and they don't they don't feed me and they don't clothe me and they don't wash my dishes or wash my clothes or whatever, then you pretty much become like useless, you know, and you can't take care of yourself. You can't clean up after yourself, all that good stuff. And my mom was not that kind of person. She was a very hardworking person. She worked two jobs. You know, I didn't see her a whole lot. And I got stuck at home with my stepdad, who was a total asshole. Asshole. Yep. He was a total asswad. He was not a very good person. Um, and that's that's a whole other podcast altogether. But growing up, I did feed into the whole influence that the stereotypical guy was not who I was trying to be. Because... They are not very caring individuals and they are very stubborn and stuck up and they're very stuck in their ways more or less than anything. And you can't really work with stuff like that. You know, women can't work with stuff like that. You know, I had like my uncle John growing up and he was like, he was a very big influence on me as well. And he taught me a lot of the ways of how to be a man, but I had to kind of like dissect that. And become the person that I wanted to become because I didn't want to be a stereotypical person and just completely ruin my entire life. <laughs> but I, I do have a lot of feminine influence from my mom, which did me a lot of good growing up. And I, I do not fit in very well. Like, I mean, depending on who you talk to, a lot of people, like I do have a very masculine side to me. But you also sing Cher. I do sing Cher and Shower. It's interesting that, like, growing up, we both saw the stereotype, but then recognized that there were parts of that we didn't entirely identify with as, like, who we were and who we wanted to be. Because I never felt like I fit into the stereotype at all. And the examples I had, I guess. And... That seems like that's kind of what you're saying, too. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you don't want to go hardcore one way or the other. Like, you know, there's got to be a lot of balance. And, like, everything about life is balance and perspective, which is why I'm doing this entire podcast as is. Because you can't, you really can't go one way or the other. It has to be balanced. If it's not balanced, then it's not right. And then it's just, it's too much. So I'm a very open person. I'm open to talk about anything or whatever. I might not necessarily agree with it, but that's, I mean, we're not we're not supposed to agree with everything that everybody says. Otherwise, the fuck's the point, right? 
so getting over our little childhood things, just to kind of give you an idea of where we're coming from and how we portray or think about gender roles. The next question I have is, what is the stereotype for gender roles? And the way that I personally look at that is the stereotype for gender roles is that the man goes to work, he works really hard and makes all the money, comes home, doesn't have emotions, doesn't like they're not allowed to feel vulnerable. They're not allowed to have any kind of emotion or breakdown. They're not allowed to cry. Like they always say, like, you know, men are not allowed to cry because then you're weak and you know, and I personally have suffered from a lot of that stuff. Like I've, I bottle up a lot of my emotions. I've gotten a lot better in the past couple of years, but you know, ideally you're not allowed to show emotions or that you have feelings. You're supposed to get it done. Like no matter what happens, like you're supposed to get it done. You take care of your family, you go to work, you bust your ass for 80 to a hundred hours a week, you know, or whatever, just so you can make ends meet and that your family is taken care of <clears throat> while your wife stays at home, takes care of the kids, cleans the house, all that good stuff. Like stereotypically speaking, the women are supposed to take care of the family and the household. And then the men makes all the money, keeps everything running. And then they come home, sit on their ass and watch TV and drink beer or whatever, which sounds pretty nice, but that's not what we do. <laughs> and on the flip side of that, mm. I have also suffered from, um, the uh the stereotype that women are overly emotional so i can say that i am a generally reasonable level-headed rational person but and i am a very emotional person but i manage my emotions um but i in the past have definitely been the victim of just being accused of being overly emotional or not taking like my, my perspective not being taken seriously because of who I am, because I'm a woman. So it's like, because I'm a woman automatically, whatever the fuck I'm complaining about, whatever I'm feeling is obviously from my period or whatever. And know what? Some fucking times it is my period, but I will be the first to say so. (laughs) I'll yeah. be like, look, I'm I'm hormonal right now. I'm very self-aware. And I will say, look, this week, I'm feeling a little overly emotional. So I'm just letting you know. But then the other times, I'm like, this is what the fuck's going on. As a dude, I never bring that up. It's like common knowledge that dudes not go, hey, what's wrong with you? You on your period or something? Because that's like a death sentence. I mean, like, it's definitely a factor. And even for men, and hormones are a factor. But like... The fact that mine is in a cycle, I am fortunate enough to be like, hey, I know that I am crazy this week, (laughs) you know, and I can deal with my emotions accordingly and I will struggle back and forth with that. But like, there's other times where I'm like, look, just because I'm a fucking woman doesn't mean I'm crazy. And the whole gaslighting thing goes out the fucking window. You're going to listen to me. (laughs) Like, I'm not crazy, bitch. (laughs) Sorry. You can't you can't call guys bitches. I call people bitches. You can you can't. No, it's it's a it's a thing. It's a common rule. You can't call a guy a bitch because you know like like if I call my boy bitch, you can grow, you can then, call women bitches. Yeah, because women are bitches. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Don't need the hate mail. But um, we know 
We know bitch better. and pussy were two different words that you could not call me whenever I was younger. If you called me those Same. words, those were like legit fighting words. Like if if you wanted a surefire way to get punched in the mouth. Anything that connotates feminism. Yeah. Basically. Growing up. You, like, yeah, no, you don't. You no. don't. No. Mm-mm. No. Even for not, me, like that. anything that connotates any kind of gender shit. You're just like, you feel like you're taking away from me as a person. Yeah, yeah. It's just to me, growing up with the uh, the influences that I grew up with, we were a very um, fight or flight kind of people, and nobody knew how to fly. So basically, if you were going to start some shit with us, then you better know how to fight. Pretty much plain and simple. Within the first 10 seconds of our so-called um, contesting, like, you were either going to get hit or you are going to walk away. Like, it was your choice. So, yeah. All right. So, next on the list is, do you think that it is productive or destructive to have um, these so-called gender roles? You know what? I am proud to be a woman, and I'm proud that... I'm proud you're a woman, too, because otherwise this wouldn't work out, honey. I'm proud that being a woman comes with certain things that I can be proud of to provide that you cannot. Like, okay, something very sensitive and emotional, spiritual even, for me, is childbearing and childbirth. Um, That's a very, very magical, beautiful thing to me. And I know that, like, trans people want to be able to experience those things but to say that they are a woman without actually being a woman like i think of this one clip in particular and i don't remember what it is right now but like it infuriates me and it really takes away from the fact that like i have struggled with my womanhood my entire life and i have felt like i'm not a very good woman uh because i'm not feminine or i don't shave my legs every day or i don't i like you're not like the typical barbie type that they put out there i'm extremely low maintenance like my eyebrows they are what they are this is what i woke up with for the last 10 years 30 years this is it and like i just i've always joked that like they were gonna take my girl card away you know because like i'm not a good girl but there are certain parts of my body that, like, men can't do. Like, I made a baby. And, you know, I have my older children. I have my twins. But having another baby was something I always wanted. And the older I got, the more that looked like an impossibility for certain health reasons that I had. And the fact that I, like, we we got pregnant last year and I felt him growing in my belly and giving birth to him was the hardest and best thing I ever did. And just, it's because I'm a woman, I could do that, you know? And I think that there are specific things to being a man or a woman that are really special and unique and important that shouldn't be taken away for any of the other genders or people that identify in between. Like, those are also valid, but Being a woman is 
in itself important and valid and so special. And I really celebrate that, especially growing older and knowing that even though I don't fit all the stereotypes that society has put on me, just biologically, the things that I'm able to do, like, it makes me so happy. And I, I love being a woman, and I'm very proud of it. What about you? I am not a woman. <laughs> so, therefore, I am not proud of being a woman because I cannot be a woman. I got super emotional, and I'm going to stop it. <laughs> um, let's see. I do think in some aspects, which I'm a very, I'm not a very black and white kind of person. I don't think there's like, there's, I'm an Aquarius for those of you who are into Zodiac stuff. And I do believe that like, there's so much in between that you really can't diagnose it one way or the other. Um, Being a man growing up, there is a lot of pressure on being strong and like being able to fight and being able to take care of this or take care of that and not being able to show emotions and stuff like that. And it sucks because even whenever I was growing up, like I started out being a very nice, sweet, sincere person. I, um, I idolized Robin Williams and Jim Carrey and Chris Farley and people of that sort. And like, you know, I, I found a lot of my comfort and humor. And at the same time, growing up with two blood brothers and then two stepbrothers and then two stepsisters. Like I had a pretty decent sized family. And in our family, we had a motto. It was, you don't start any shit, but you don't take any shit either. So pretty much as a guy, like if I had gotten into a confrontation at school or something and somebody had put their hands on me and they wanted to fight me or something like walking away wasn't exactly something you could do. Like, so if somebody came up to me in the lockers and pushed me against the locker and threatened me or threatened my family, there was this connotation that you had to fight them. Like you had to, like, you know, if you didn't and I went home and my brothers or like my mom or somebody like that would have seen it, then it would have been like, well, why didn't you defend yourself? How come you weren't like, you know, you weren't aggressive back to them, but they put their hands on you because like our whole ruling was like, they can talk as much as they want. Like if they want to talk smack, whatever, they can say as much as they want, period. But as soon as they put their hands on you, game over, you smash them like right then and there and take care of business. You handle everything that you have to handle. And I, even now I'm 33 and I see that both in a positive light and a negative light because you don't necessarily want to have to hurt anybody. But at the same time, you know, I, I do have PTSD from, you know, growing up and a lot of different things that has happened to me as a kid. But you want to be able to take the high road. Like when people are like, well, just be the bigger man and walk away. Like there's, there's a lot of times you can't be the bigger man and walk away. And even if you are the bigger man and you walk away, that will completely taint everything in society. (laughs) You know, like if you go to school, like I went to a small town in Cornersville, like I said in the last episode. And if let's say one of the high school or middle school or elementary school bullies come up and they put their hands on me and hit me and I just cowered down and went away that will forever be a part of who I am in that school and anybody who is there that's seen it or not you don't even have to see it because rumors travel fast but like anybody that would see that hey look man you know he got picked on and he didn't do anything about it 
You know, he just let it happen. And most people aren't going to stand up for their friends. You know, most people don't have that kind of backbone to stand up for somebody. And that was one of my things growing up is like, I would stand up for everybody. Like if you wouldn't stand up for yourself, I would stand up for you because I knew that I had the skills required to do something like that. But once again, getting back to the whole gender role thing, if you didn't stand up for yourself or act like a man, then you, you didn't get treated like one. So you kind of had to like, you know, you, you were pretty much forced into like throwing hands with somebody if that's the way that it came out to be. And I do, I'm very grateful for a lot of it. I am grateful that I knew how to protect myself and to stand up for my friends. And I still have friends to this day. Like I had friends a couple years ago who um, messaged me on Facebook and was like, Hey, look, um, I don't know if you remember me or not, but you stood up for me one of these times when somebody was picking on me and it was something that really drastically affected my life. And I'm so grateful for you. And that type of stuff makes me happy. Like I'm super glad that somebody somewhere saw what I did. Like it might not have been a whole lot to me. Like I just saw somebody being treated poorly and I stood up for them. And that's just who I am as a person at my core. And it stuck with them for the rest of their life. And the fact that they came to me 20 years later and was like, hey, look, man, like, I really appreciate you for who you are. You know, that's like, that's something that's really cool for me. Um, so in a productive light, I do believe that that's pretty awesome. Um, destructively wise is being forced into making a decision that you wouldn't normally make simply because people view it a certain way. I don't necessarily believe in that. And we don't teach our kids that. Um we do have two 12-year-old boys, and we try our best to let them know that, you know, all in all, you need to handle things correctly and take it to the steps that you need to take it. You know, like, go to your teachers, talk to the people in charge. I mean, even yesterday, I had a, I had a conversation with my children. Um, it's been gone, ongoing all week, but they're 12. Um, and there is a child in their class. They have been in school with this individual this boy for several years i have heard about him for years he is the stereotypical bully athlete alpha i'm better than you everything i do is awesome has a group of friends that backs him up blindly type thing um but this year my children have went to middle school because here middle school starts in sixth grade um and one of my son's has a crush who is also one of his best friends and he is very close to her they talk every day um and this boy he you know they are learning things for the first time but you know one thing that has happened like several times is confrontations different things um i've had to talk them through several interactions that could <laughs> play out very badly um but so for this particular thing um and it plays into gender roles and I had to explain it to them but this boy touched the girl the crush the best friend um on her hip like he grabbed her on her hips um in an inappropriate way and she was complaining about it she was upset about it to my son her best friend. And I was like, look, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a very serious, uh, very serious thing. And I think it would be dangerous to not 
say something to an adult, an adult needs to know that this is going on because it could play out in a very bad way. Um, I said this is very young to be getting into behavior like that. I know this is where that kind of stuff starts, but um, I want them to be aware because my parents didn't tell me shit. Like, my parents didn't, they thought maybe if they just, like, covered my eyes, I just never would find out about anything. Um, and I don't want my kids to go through life like that. I had to find out everything the last, I was the last person, and I always felt really stupid. And I want them to be able to be the person that helps. And so I said, an adult needs to know about this situation. And they said, okay. And then the next day, they said the boy was going around bragging about it. They said that... He says, oh, girls love when I do that. Girls love when I touch them there and they love it. And he was bragging to his friends. I was like, okay, this is a slippery slope. An adult needs to know. Like, I really think you need to tell someone about it. I was like, let's say this boy was walking around and girls were just walking up, grabbing him in those places. Would he be cool about it? Probably not. He'd probably be like, what are you doing? So the fact that like, I had to explain to my 12-year-old children that if this was happening to you, it would not be normal. But girls have to worry about this at a very early age. And it's bullshit. It really is. But I talked to my kids about it. And my son went to the counselor. And he, he told them ex every single thing that was said between all parties. And he let them know. And the counselor was happy to hear from them. Um, I mean, he did the right thing. Now, being at a young age, the girl ended up dating the guy. That happened. Andy told me that, that, um, the girl ended up dating the dude yesterday. She, oh, really? She dumped her boyfriend for the dude that she was complaining was groping her. Coming from being the nice guy growing up and being friend zoned a lot, I can totally see that. Yeah, you happening. go. You always go for the fucking asshole. Yeah, and that's something they're gonna have to learn early. But like, I'm not gonna just watch it play out. If I can help steer them or give them some guidance, I'm obviously gonna do it, and I've done my part. But even at 12 years old, I told you know, like my son had to think, like, man, if somebody walked up grabbing me like that, like he agreed with me. He was like, that would suck. Like, why would people be grabbing me on my hips? Like, that's weird. And girls just have to be used to it for no apparent reason at all. Just because they're pretty. So, even as a parent, I'm having to, like, really look out for that that type of behavior. And it really sucks. Yeah. It definitely does. So, let's see here. How do gender roles play into mental development or lifestyle? Like if you're picking like your job choices, your clothing style, hygiene, etc. You want to cover those one at a time? Because <laughs> they're loaded. All right. So, um, in my personal opinion, I think that a lot of that also has to do with where you grow up at. Because if you grow up somewhere here, like in a small town or like where I grew up in, you know, there's a whole lot of people who believe one thing like i grew up in a farming community where like boys had really hard tough jobs you're outside all day you're bleeding if you go to like shake somebody's hand and your hands are not calloused and like your skin is rough then you have girly hands as they would put it and like you never done a hard day's work yeah you ain't never done a hard day's work if you ain't been outside bailing hay and you know like it's it's destructive, man. Like it's not a, a very good thing. Like I do, I definitely believe in hard, hard work. 
you know, by all means. But the fact that like, like, let's say a boy wants to become a cosmetologist or a beautician or something like that right there by itself, regardless of sexual orientation. Like if the boy is a straight boy, a it's a male that likes females and they want to also do hair somewhere around here, like where I grew up from or like where I currently live, that is a no-go. Like, there's no way. The fact that I ran a fucking oil change shop a year ago and half the people that showed up were like, where's your boss? Are you the assistant? Are you someone's wife? Like, no, (laughs) bitch, I'm the fucking manager. Like, I'm the boss here. But people couldn't wrap their heads around that like they always wanted to talk to like my assistant manager who was a dude and they like like i would tell them what's up and they would still want to talk to a guy about it even though i was the top dog in the whole building i took that job because i have management experience but i also thought it was cool to shake up some of the stereotypes in this small town that i grew up in that i know is capable of growth that I'm proud of, that I want to, like, initiate that kind of change. So I thought if I could be a part of that, that would be awesome. And it definitely caught some people's attention, for sure. But, like, one of the most satisfying things was when my assistant manager would be talking to somebody. And they're like, they're like, oh, who's that, your assistant? And they're, he's like, no, that's my boss. And then they look at me and they're like, oh. <laughs> or like, I'd be like, somebody be trying to hardball me and saying that like I fuck something up or I don't know what I'm talking about or whatever. And they're like, let me talk to that guy. Who's that guy? It's like, that's my assistant. Like, or they're like, I'm the manager. That was like the best thing ever. Yeah. But. Because like, you know, girls aren't allowed to have um, nasty, dirty jobs. Or nothing like that. And guys aren't allowed to have, like, nice jobs. I have messed up all the gender roles my entire life. Yeah. I suck at being a girl. <laughs> a stereotypical one. I think I'm, like, all that's wrong with gender roles. Well, it's not just you. Like I said, it goes both ways. There's I'm guys and girls. And plus, if you take in all the considerations of, like, like how many... I've, I'm not even going to try to assume how many genders there are um, nowadays, but I think there's somewhere around like 36, something like that. Like, I'm not going to Google it. I'll Google it afterwards. I have no idea. But um, yeah, like, I mean, there's a lot of different people that feel a lot of different ways. And I do believe strongly that gender roles or the gender stereotype is not even applicable at this point. Like, there's just so much going on that you can you literally cannot put two people in, or anybody in like singular singular tubes of what you were supposed to be and what you're not supposed to be. I would fail. Yeah, we would both fail. I mean, like, you and know, I've just... been told I am gorgeous, I am hot, I am so pretty, and I'm so sweet, I'm so cute, but like, I suck at being a girl all at the same time. I've been told the same thing, but I think those people are liars and they're just trying to get my money. Or my wee-wee. Yeah. yeah that's I was going to say, oh, that bitch. You're the big wee-wee. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, like, um... You I'm, know, sorry I, I, this. I'm sorry I'm <laughs> sorry. I've never seen a dick in my life. Yeah, yeah we're married with children. <laughs> never been naked together, though. 
It's just how it goes. But we're hitting a sheet. The yeah, a it's hole. like some Amish stuff. Yeah, it's really weird. But it is. It's bad that like everybody's expectations or society's expectations depict on who you can be and how you can represent yourself. And that's not right. You know, you should be able to represent yourself however you feel. Because I have like, I have struggled uh, like all my life with that. Honestly, it's not even fair that the stereotypes have put so much pressure on my identity and if I feel like I'm failing or if I'm succeeding as a person like I don't feel like that's something anybody should be able to decide but like the fact that like like I said my mom was a whole tomboy like didn't know how to do makeup didn't know how to do hair my mom was a tomboy too but she would just basically fight you (laughs) I'm just saying like I was never shown how to be a stereotypical girl so like I got bullied, like, in sixth grade when we'd have sleepovers. That was a whole thing. They're like, why don't you shave your legs? Why don't you do this? And I'm like, I don't know. My mom doesn't let me. And I'll just be the weird girl sitting there in a circle of six people that, like, was the only one that had hair on my legs. Yeah, and you were wearing, like, swimming trunks and not boy shorts. I didn't start wearing swimming trunks till like, the past couple of years because I realized, fuck that. But I would wear regular mm-hmm. girl swimsuits. Without shaving my legs. Anyway. All right. So, do you think that gender roles play a part in family dynamics? Like parenting styles, finances, child development, chores, in-laws, all that good stuff. Well, as far as, like, the dynamic with how the children see us, like I said, they definitely see me as the nurturing person. Um, Even with Phoenix, he's only, like seven and a half months old and i have noticed that I that's get, our son's name by the way yeah the, the, ba- the baby i get so caught up in the what needs to be done i forget sometimes how to have fun with him and then you'll just do it and you probably don't know like i don't know if you know what i'm talking about i'm the fun dad but it's just like i'm home with him all day long and like the first thing that comes to mind is what needs to be done like even with even with the older kids like like I said like everything I say is more need to know and like if I need to take something serious I'll listen to mom but if I want to be cool I'll listen to Tony you know like that's that like I get talked over all the fucking time and it's so out of this world for them to assume anything that comes out of my mouth is cool and it infuriates me <laughs> and it's like just my personality and his personality. It's just our personalities. But damn it if it doesn't like affect their behavior and how they treat us. So as far as parenting styles, definitely. Depending on the personality, not the gender necessarily, but, yeah, in, but in that perspective in that that perspective, I definitely fit the uh the stereotype. Yeah. In the same aspect though, um when a couple of years after me and her had gotten together, we've been together for almost four years at this point. But um, I would have her like because I worked all the time. You know, I was never home, and um, I used to work at General Motors, and I would barely get to see the boys. By the time I went to work, they were sleeping, 
or um, I'm sorry, by the time I went to work, they were in school. And then by the time I got home, they were already in bed. So I used to have to have her make a, a list of all the stuff that they had did bad during the day. And then whenever I got home at like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, I'd have to wake them up and be like, hey, look, guys, like y'all did this. You messed up. Here's how we're going to fix it. If you keep messing up, I'm going to whoop you or paddle you or whatever discipline was um, necessary at that current time. The only and, time I got to see them was on the weekends, basically. Yeah, and I pretty much, I had to be the bad guy most of the time. And it was always like they would run over her to do whatever they wanted to do. And then once it came to the point where they were like, oh, no, Tony's going to come home and we're going to get in trouble and blah, blah, blah. You know, so that was a whole different aspect on my side where I wasn't necessarily being the cool awesome fun stepdad i had to be the person who got them in trouble all the time and had barely ever seen them so that was part of the the gender roles too that had happened for a while and then i found a different job and things changed yeah it does suck yeah but um even like financial wise and gender roles you know like we said before the man is supposed to be the person who takes care of everything and covers all the bills and all that stuff and sam you have personally had experiences with different people multiple people in your life where you were the person who actually had to take care of everything and take care of the house and they were just lazy <laughs> and yeah didn't want to do anything didn't want to clean or make money or do any of that stuff they take were just care of the children while all i worked yeah. like nothing yeah, and I'm sure that caused issues with your family and the yeah, whole like dynamics. Yeah, my family gave me shit all the time. They're like, why aren't they working? Why aren't they, you know, they're supposed to be working. They should be working. They should be, you know, it's like, I got pressure all the time about it. But, and it's like, if they were taking care of the house, I would have been like, it's okay. They're taking care of the kids. I'm working. But they weren't, so, yeah. yeah just pretty much a lose-lose situation on all rounds. But I learned how to be everything that the household needs early on so the whole gender roles thing was kind of out the window because i was used to men that like did nothing and my personal experiences with said in-laws i've never really had in-laws me and sam this is the first marriage i've ever been in i've only had one kid so i've never really had to deal with a whole lot of that growing up a lot of the um my girlfriend's parents they always loved me like i never had issues with my parents because you. i was like an amazing partner and a good person in general but um one of the so-called issues that i've kind of had is that here recently within the past year or so we ended up having was it easter or mother's day it was easter easter yeah it was easter because it's the only time your brother and him come around so we were doing easter and her mom just was like okay we're gonna cook chicken we're gonna cook hamburgers we're gonna cook hot dogs we're gonna cook all this i'm gonna bring sides we're gonna do this this and this like had this entire plan of things that we were and, going and to like do me and tony and my brother and his wife were all like we're fine with minimal menu options yeah like we literally could have went to the store and bought a pack of hot dogs and a box of burgers and been completely just to awesome. throw that out there for yeah. context but her mom decided that she wanted to do a entire like buffet full of different meats and things and when she came to the house her response like when we were like all right so um who's cooking all this shit she's like oh well tony and dan are gonna cook it like they're the ones that are gonna cook it like that's what the men do the men cook and the women do whatever women do i don't know i didn't get that far but we set up everything else yeah they're know? supposed to like do the setup stuff and then the men are supposed to cook and i was like dude how the hell you're like i didn't want no fucking chicken yeah 
I was like, how are you just going to volunteer me to do stuff? Like, you know, me growing up, a little backstory to me for a second. I won't get too far into it because I know you're probably bored. But um, we didn't really have a whole lot of family stuff. Like Christmases and Thanksgivings and all that stuff. Like we really didn't do a whole lot. Like it just, we weren't a very close knit family. Like my mom was an outcast from her family for the most part. And my dad was an outcast from his family. So we really didn't have like the tight knit family group going on where everybody comes in. You got 37 cousins and 14 uncles and aunts. And like they all did their own thing and everybody was like happy and all that stuff. Like we didn't really do that. So me growing up, when somebody's like, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to invite a bunch of people and you're going to be the one to cook because that's what men do. And I'm like, hey, dude, <laughs> um, this, ain't, this, is, this is a new world, buddy. <laughs> like, you can't tell me what I'm going to do because that's not how shit works. So, you know, I was, I was slightly offended, but I also like to cook, so it really didn't work out too bad. And then she was the kind of person that would come over and micromanage, like, while I was cooking, be like, hey, did you, um, did you flip that? Okay. Is that done yet? Yeah. Did you did you flip did those? Did you flip it? How good? much longer has it got? Did you put a lot of sauce on it? I like more sauce. It should be a little bit more crispy. You should put it towards the back because if you put it like whatever, dude. I'm like, hey, look. If you're not gonna cook it, get the fuck away from me. Like I'm I'm doing this. If you're gonna do it, you do it. If not, then go away. Luckily, me and my mom have had the type of relationship where over time mm-hmm. I learned how to speak up for myself if I was uncomfortable. So like after a year or two of this, I was like, hey, I'm going to cook. And then she'd try to, like, stand over me. And I'm like, are you cooking? Are you cooking? Do you want to cook it? And then she'd be like, oh, this is Sam's way of telling me I should fuck off. And then she would get me. I'm somewhat of an explosive person, so well, I try to do my best. And It not. took me an entire <laughs> lifetime of working up to where she knew where I was like, mom, you're being a bit much right now. And then she would get it. So she got it. Yeah. And I do think there is a lot of... Um, she, she means well, but damn. Like, when it comes to gender roles and stuff like that, I do believe that everybody suffers from a lot of emotional stress of whether they are the good wife or the good husband or a good father or a good mother because you you have these standards that you're supposed to reach that you don't necessarily reach because other people have put those standards for you. You know what I mean? Like, you can be a really good dad and a really good mom and not do anything that society says that you're supposed to do. And you just, I mean, take care of your kids, take care of yourself. Like, that's pretty much all you can do. Well, like, even when the boys were toddlers and I was with someone who wasn't very involved with them, they wanted the title, but they weren't very involved with them. So, a lot of what the boys thought was cool was whatever I was doing. And Trey got into, like, he wanted to ask me what I was doing. with Like, when I was playing with my hair, learning how to braid my hair and, like, my makeup and stuff. He's like, ooh, we're painting, right? And one of the things was, like, he wanted to get, like, I would take them to Goodwill every month or two. I don't know. And I would let them pick out a toy. And Trey picked out a pink baby doll stroller. And he wanted a stroller. He wanted to pretend to be like a parent. He wanted to have a baby doll. And like some sh- some people gave me shit about it. And I was like, why? Like this is exactly what the fuck is wrong with with men wanting to take care of their babies. Because you guys are saying that like it's shameful for them to want to pretend to be parents when they're little. And that only women should do that. So like I fought very strongly even when Trey was like three years old. That he wanted to have a little baby stroller and push his baby doll around and take care of it. And it was so cute. But, yeah. Like, he wanted to do what I was doing. And people tried to give me shit about it. I think if it builds good, like, 
I guess you can't even say maternal instincts because maternal really parenting, yeah. like it's, paternal. It's just paternal. You want to have a baby. You want to take care of a little baby. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, because even like with me and Phoenix, like you know, like I try my best to like, like be the best dad, like dude, super loving to was, him. And, he was so adorable. Yeah, he had like a little baby and a little stroller, and he pushed it around, and people were like, "What? That's a girl's toy." I'm like. Says who? Yeah, let's go spray paint it blue and see what it is then, huh, buddy? And like, and you no work at Goodwill. And once, once <laughs> I pointed it out, I'm like, and how many of you are complaining that your your husband doesn't help you with your children? And nobody, nobody gave me backlash on it because they knew I was right. I mean, it's fair true. The statistically like, speaking, like most men do not take care of their kids in one way or another. It's like a a role of theirs. And yeah. It's like. The people that were even arguing with me, like my own family, my own extended family. I'm like, are you even thinking about what you're talking about right now? Like, you're the ones that complain that your husband doesn't cook dinner ever. And you're the reason. Right now. Because you're telling Trey he shouldn't do this shit. Yeah, I personally cannot see myself not being a father to my son. It starts early. Yeah. The whole brainwashing thing. It starts really early. And I fought really hard for Trey to have a baby stroller. (laughs) The end. Yeah. (laughs) Well, do you believe that society is beginning to be more accepting of gender gender fluidity and self-expression? Yeah, I think it's shoved down everybody's throats nowadays. It's It's getting to the point now where it's a little bit too much. It's like, if you're not okay with it, you're a dick. Yeah. Like, you're an asshole. You're an intolerant, absorbed person that is holding on to, like, values that don't actually benefit the whole person, like. I, I do agree with that to a, to a pretty good extent. Like, I do think that with everybody that one, should be who they are. that one clip about womanhood is whatever I say it is. Yeah. No. That one dude that was that identifying as a... Yeah, he was he's identifying like, as a woman, but had, like, a full he's like, facial hair he's thing like, going on. womanhood is whatever I want it to be. No, it's not! <laughs> I'm a woman, and I have fought hard to be a woman, and I am proud to be a woman. You're not going to take it away from me. You can... Whatever. But, like... There's a balance. There is a balance. There's not like, I definitely think society should be more accepting of the in-betweens and people that want to conform to a certain gender. But saying that, like, it's almost like, it's like my name, Samantha. Like, I'm Samantha Shrake. I am me. If another person looks at me and is like, I want to be like that, and they start saying they're Samantha Shrake, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, I can be Samantha Shrek if I want to. Yeah, I identify as Samantha Shrek because I am Samantha Shrek. That's how I feel about that. I feel like that. It's like, but you're not. Like, you can... I know that's an extremely personal view, but it's like... Saying that, like, Samantha Shrek is whatever I say it is. Then what is... Then it takes my entire identity away. It's like, there is a balance there where you can identify... And you can be individual and you can like be valid, but to take away from other people's identity is a definitely a balance. But like, as far as like society as a whole, larger cities, like I even said this to you in a previous conversation, but like, I have a weird style. I either dress in a t-shirt and basketball shorts or whatever. Or I dress in something real weird. Like a sundress that like a 10 year old would wear. Or like a really extravagant type of dress that like people should wear once 
in their lifetime ever. I don't know. I have a weird sense of style and I just think these things are so cute. And I love bright colors and I'm 32 and apparently I'm not supposed to like bright colors anymore, but I do. So that whole thing, it's like, I have to tone that shit down. And so when I dress for like going out in places, like I dress for what the community I'm going into is prepared for mentally. Yeah. And that's pretty sad. And unless you go to Los Angeles, like I do every other month. Then you can dress however you want to, and yeah, nobody like, gives a damn. Like, if I go to Nashville, I dress however the fuck I want, because, like, people don't notice. They're like, oh, cool, hey. They don't notice at all. They don't. They think I'm just normal. If anything, the more extravagant you are, the cooler you are. Yeah, in, in but, but like, in a small town like They are also live, very intoxicated, so. <laughs> yeah. It's the small town where we live, like, if I wear my little overalls with flowers all over them, they're like, are you an adult? Like, do you, like... Like, here, women are supposed to wear, like, blouses and, like, toned down. Pants suits. Deep colors and... That's not true. Don't listen to me. Just boring. Yeah. Adult things, as they would put it. You're supposed to be an adult. It's like... Like, if you worked at a bank. I used to struggle with that. I'm like, at what point does my style convert to these blouses? Yeah. And I was like, I'm 30. I should I should want to wear blouses now, right? No. I don't. Yeah, but I do think that uh, the world itself, especially if you get on TikTok or any kind of social media whatsoever, the world itself is becoming better at being more accepting of yeah. the individual person because our individuality is really what makes us important. Like, it's what makes us special. Like, I always had this idea, and it was almost to a fault at some point, to where, like, if, like, let's say Stranger Things, for instance, if everybody I came in contact with was like, bro, Stranger Things is where it's at. Stranger Things, Stranger Things, Stranger Things. Have you seen Stranger Things? You see the new episode of Stranger Things? I would literally go out of my way not to watch it simply because everybody else yeah. did. I'm like, well, look, if this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, everybody likes it, it means you're all a bunch of sheep and you're feeding into whatever it is these people are trying to feed you. And now you're watching it like... It's just how it is. Same thing like with Game of Thrones. When Game of Thrones was super, super popular, I literally avoided it on purpose to make sure that I didn't have to watch it until I met Sam. And then Sam went out of her way to be like, hey, look, man, me and you like the same kind of things. Game of Thrones is a little bit up your alley. I think that you would really like it. How about we sit down and watch it? And then I sat down, watched it, loved it up until the sixth season, which we're not going to get into that because everybody knows that you know, the last season was total trash. But once again, back to the point, if everybody likes it for one reason, I would usually avoid it because I didn't want to be everybody. I want to be me. You know, I didn't want to be the kid that loves skateboarding and yo-yos and all this stuff simply because every teenage boy is the one who likes that. Like, I want to be individual. I want to be myself. I want to bring something unique from myself to everybody else so that way you can get an idea of who I am and I'm not just some cookie-cutter teenage boy from southern Tennessee you know, and that's a lot to do with like how my podcast is. Like, I believe in individuality. And like I said in the last episode, there's going to be a lot of people that come in here that are involved in my show that will not agree with me. And that's perfectly fine. I'm not going to agree with them and I don't have to agree with them, but I also don't have to hate them. Like, I don't have to be upset that somebody else likes option A and I don't like option A. Like, by all means, 
if if the option is there, somebody's gonna like it. I don't have to like it. It's perfectly fine. And I just want everybody to like get on the same page with stuff, or at least I mean, you don't even gotta be on the same page. You just gotta be understanding. Respect for different perspectives. Exactly. Like respect. Just we don't have to agree. We just have to like accept. Respect that people have different like experiences and like i grew up in a small town but i'm like the entire opposite of what a small town should reproduce in a woman i'm like the weird one i'm the weird one in my small town i'm the one that didn't ever for a second fit in ever yes thank god it is perfectly fun to be weird normal people if if everybody was normal it would be so horrible but moral of the story is be who you feel that you are at heart. But, Even if you got these jawlines. Yeah, you got nice jawlines. I have but a complex about my jaw. Also, just try to be open-minded. Like, don't judge other people for what they are. I mean, if it doesn't affect you, like, if, if they don't live in your home or affect your family, they don't pay your bills, what is the problem, man? Like, there's there's really no reason to worry about it. I just know how you usually say that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a a normal, a normal way of that saying. That was so things. nice. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> All right, so I have a saying since she called me out. I'm sorry. Are <laughs> you really? You're not. Yeah. <laughs> if you are not having sex with me, paying my bills, or feeding me then you have no right to say what I do in my life. Even well, then, you don't really. Yeah, but, I mean... But that's how it usually Right, said. but like, you know, and that's even still a little toned down from how I normally say it. <laughs> but <laughs> basically, if it doesn't have anything directly to do with your life, it does not affect you whatsoever. Exactly. Just because you do not like what somebody else is doing, there is no reason, no justifiable reason for you to put other people down because they believe in something that you don't believe in. And happiness is hard to come by. There's no reason in destroying it. Yeah. If everybody can be happy, just deal with it, man. Like, be happy. You be happy, they be happy. As long as you don't put too much thought into it, you're going to be just fine. But you got anything else you'd like to say, honey? <sighs> We're coming up at a minute or a minute. Yeah, a minute. It's been a minute. It's been an hour and 10 minutes of talking. Before edits and whatnot. I can say that after growing up into a whole grown-up and learning more about life and different walks of life, working in jobs outside of my small town, meeting different types of people, I definitely don't feel as just extremely horrible about the type of woman that I am as I did 10 years ago. Or 15 years ago. Because I always felt like I sucked at being a woman. And my girl card was going to be taken away one day. I've made that joke so many times. And there's just not really a right way to do it. Like, you're a woman or you're not. If you feel like you're a woman. Like, you, you know, like you're you're living the life. And, like, you, you feel like you're... Even if you don't do it exactly how everyone says you are, you know, like, 
I have learned that there are specific things about my life that really validate my womanhood and it makes me feel better. And <sighs> listening to other people has just taken away so much of my quality of life. And that's, that's, that's just like the overall lesson that I've gotten is just that there's more than one perspective and the more I have looked into things, the, the better I feel about myself. Because what I grew up with was not good enough and so close-minded and so hurtful. I don't want my children, I don't want the next generation to grow up feeling like that. It's not necessary at all. All right. Do you have any shameless plugs you'd like to put in there? Like your Etsy shop or... What? I wasn't even going to talk about it. I have an Etsy shop. It's Persephone's Pearl Shop. I make things and it's a very new thing for me. Um, I make wreaths. I make flower arrangements. I make signs. I make, I'm in the process of making t-shirts and stuff, but like I make paintings. I love acrylic pouring. Still learning how to do that, but that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing that I'm trying to do. That's getting off the ground. I wasn't going to bring it up. Well, um, we are definitely trying to work on getting off the traditional nine to five and the government slavery type stuff. And once again, that's going to be another subject that I covered later because I Life definitely is for living. Right. I definitely don't believe in the way that America is run. And I know there's a lot of hardcore Americans out there that think that America is perfect, but I definitely do not believe so. And I have a lot of issues with it. And once again, the we will cover it. Thing. Yeah. Um, like I said, once again, I'm not going to really get into all of it. That'll be another topic for another time. But if you would like to help support my family and my kids and my wife, she's a wonderful artist and she's putting a lot of time into stuff. But if you, uh, once again, that's a, a Persephone's Pearl Shop on Etsy and it'll have her name up there and everything. So you guys can check that out. I will try and put a link down in the description so you can get straight to it. Um, my only other real social media stuff right now that you can actually go to is my TikTok, and that's a Killian underscore Kai on TikTok. I have a Twitch, but I'm not really doing much with it right now other than this. And uh, you can pretty much look up anything on Spotify. Like you can find this podcast on Spotify and a bunch of different um, platforms and stuff. And just look up Tony Shrake. You'll find it. Um, you can also email me at gspshow22 at gmail.com if you have any questions or if you want to be part of the show or if um, you have any topics that you would like for me to cover. If you have any questions, comments, whatever, just hit me up on there. Just send me an email. I will get back to you. Yes. Like if you're ever like, man, I wish somebody would talk about this. Yes. yes. By all means, let me know but because are, I will cover that's it. That's literally what we're for. Yes. That's what he's trying to do. The shit that other people don't want to talk about. They're like, I wish they would talk about this. Do it. Yes. And if you would personally like to be on the show and talk about it and give your opinion, I am totally down for that. Um, I run most of my podcast stuff through Riverside right now. So, like I said, just hit me up. We'll get it taken care of. All right. I'm so excited that you had me on here. Yeah, I appreciate you I coming on. I feel like I'm too nerdy and weird and hyper. That's right. We like nerdy and weird. I'm nerdy and weird myself. Thank so you guys for listening. Yeah, I appreciate you guys coming in, listening to everything. Um, obviously, I'm going to keep doing this until I don't. <laughs> and uh, 
my wife will probably be back on multiple times and you guys just let us know what you think. So once again, thanks for coming in and we will see you later. Bye. Shrake out. break music 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 i gotta have a part where i put in the music you know okay go get your notebook honey i just thought of something i want to talk about that okay. makes me sad about being a woman don't cry only women cry